Good morning, good evening, and welcome to the Sunday School lesson for Sunday, March the 28th, 2021. We're in the spring quarter of Unit 1, Faithful Prophets. Devotional reading here will come from Luke, the 19th chapter, 28 through 39th verse. The background scripture, 1 Kings 18 through 19th, Matthew, the 17th chapter, verses 1 through 13. And the print passage comes from 1 Kings as well, the 18th chapter, 5 through 18th verse. Our key verse for today, He answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. 1 Kings, the 18th chapter, the 18th verse in the King James Version. And the New NIV version of that, I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but ye and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals. First King, the 18th chapter, the 18th verse, the New NIV version. The large subject for today, the bearer of bad news. On behalf of all of us here at Antioch Missionary Baptist Church, 45 Church Street, Peterman, Tunnel Springs, Alabama, 36471. Our telephone number, 251-564-2171. The church where everybody is somebody and Christ is the head. Reverend William Olive is our pastor. Sister Joyce Olive, our first lady. Miss Lisa Starwis is our clerk. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at uh, 9.30 a.m. And since COVID, is, we have been broadcasting on uh, Facebook as well as on um, Blog Talk Radio and posting it to the church website. We have worship service on 2nd, 4th, and 5th Sunday. This is the 4th Sunday, so church services will be this morning as well, uh, around 8.30 in the morning. Hope that you'll be a part of our service. The bearer of bad news, our subject for today. The lesson aim, as a result of experience in this lesson, the participant should be able to do these things. Compare Elijah's response to speak to Ahab to that of Obadiah's response to report back to Ahab. Gain a sense of Obadiah's concern when reporting Elijah's message to Ahab. And fourth, act in boldness when speaking the word of God. The key terms for today, Ahab, the seventh king of Israel who resigned who reigned from the capital of Samaria during his marriage to Jezebel. Ahab backslid from the worship of God and began worshiping Baal. You can see 1 Kings, the 18th chapter, 16th through the 18th verse. Ahab, wickedness and his raw legacy. You can see that in 1 Kings, the 16th chapter, and the 30th verse. Baal, a heathen god, false god. Plural, false gods, whose ancient pagan and backsliding Israelite falsely credited with rain, storms, fertility, and fruitfulness. Balaam, King James Version. All right. Why this lesson matters. Why this lesson matters. Why this lesson matters. For uh, one thing, why this lesson matters. Um... People like to go their own way until faced with crisis beyond their control. How should we respond to the advice of those who have great wisdom and insight? 
The book of 1 Kings records Elijah's warning to Israel of impending disaster, and the Gospel of Matthew records Elijah's reappearance to affirm Jesus' mission. The lesson in focus. Most of us try to avoid confrontation with others for various reasons. Timidly, fear of failure or of losing face, a fear of damaging or losing a relationship. It will be especially challenging when the people to be confronted is obviously wrong, but also in authority. Blowing the whistle on authority's figures can lead to being branded as a troublemaker. For believers, the course to confront sin is not optional. Is not optional. At times, God may direct someone to confront a spiritual or political leader who is misusing his or her power, not for the purpose of hum humiliation, but for offering an opportunity for repentance and avoidance of divine judgment. God used Nathan to boldly confront David after he had sinned against Bathsheba and ordered her husband murdered. Consistently, God called other prophets to confront the sins of apostasy and adultery committed by the succession of kings who reigned over his people after the nation was split into two kingdoms. Those who repeatedly declared, thus said the Lord, regarding the rebellion of the king and the people were ridiculed, threatened, and branded as bearers of bad news. Ironically, the evil kings of Israel and Judah refused to acknowledge their guilt and blame those who delivered his message of judgment. This was the cause when God sent Elijah to confront Ahab at the close of his three-year judgment of drought and famine in Israel in response to Ahab's unrighteousness, leadership of the nation. The Lesson and Context In the Hebrew text, the book of 1 and 2 Kings were originally composed as a single book. Kings, although the author of Kings is unknown, the narrative presents a historical account beginning with Solomon's reign following the civil war that divided the nation into the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judea. First king closed with the ministry of the prophet Eli. The tragic history of those erring kingdom is continued in Second Kings. A systematic account of the 19 evil kings of Israel ended with the Assyrian captivity is coupled with the reign of Judah's king, some of whom attempted to reform the evil of their predecessors. The context of this lesson is the introduction of Baal worship in Israel, beginning with Omarah, and continued by his son Ahab, 1 Kings 16, chapter 25-30 verse. Ahab's subsequent marriage to Jezebel, daughter of the king of the Sidonians, intensified the influence of Baal's worship in Israel. See 1 Kings, the 16th chapter, 31st through 34th verse. When Israel's spiritual decay had reached its lowest point, God sent Elijah to confront Ahab and to deliver the message of his divine judgment on the nation for its idolatry. This is in 1 Kings 17, chapter verses 1 through 2. An open inquiry. Why is it often difficult to confront authorities' figures about their sins? Because they have authority over you. They are higher than you. And you are at a lower state. And most of the times, it is uh, not 
very well for you so far as what you get when you confront somebody in charge or over you. What has Ahab main concern as a result of the drought caused of Israel and his sin? What was Ahab's main concern? Whoa. What was the cause of Obadiah mixed feelings when he encountered Elijah? Why would Obadiah be called a secret disciple? Let's look at the insight. It is usually obvious to the people of the nation when its leader's hierarchy is misusing and abusing political power, when accusations are leveled or confrontation are made, it is usually the confronter who is branded as a liar, troublemaker, or bearer of bad news. Even within the visible church, some spiritual leaders are guilty of misusing their authority and causing schism and broken relationships among those they leave. Schism is division. God still used spiritually mature believers to encourage front, confront leaders who have fallen and dared to operate outside his ethical and normal standards. The strength and courage to do so comes from a steadfast commitment to righteousness and love for God's people, but must always be carried out in the spirit of humility. This kind of relationship position the believers to confront those who error with a bold spirit of wisdom, discernment, and compassion and love. I repeat, this kind of relationship positions the believer to confront those who error with a bold spirit of wisdom, discernment, compassion, and love. The Exploration the lesson challenges students to identify and examine apparent misuse of power and failures to acknowledge guilt when political and spiritual circles of leadership. This is important. As you unpack the lesson content, encourage the class, those who that are listening, whoever you are, wherever you are in the world, what is needed to courageously confront immoral and unethical practice among those in authority. Challenge the student to seek God's timing, method, direction, and using biblical principles to stand against harmful abuse of power or authority that may hinder his kingdom work. What does that tell you about what just transpired in the United States of America and the election of a new president? What is that telling you? Do we need to respond? Do you have the mindset to understand what is taking place in the country today. All right, let's go with the commentary on First Kings, the 18th chapter, verses 5 through 6. And Ahab said unto Obadiah, Go into the land, unto all fountains of water, and into all brooks, peradventure we may find grass to save the horse and mules alive, but we lose not all the beasts. So they divided the land between them to pass through that Ahab went over one way by himself and Obadiah went another way by himself. All right. What are they doing? What are they doing? So they divided the land, so they went to cover Ahab going one direction, Obadiah in the other. What is taking place here? All right. In the third year after the predicted drop, God ordered Elijah back to Israel from Zephaniah after Elijah presented himself. God promised to send rain on the land again. That's in verse 1. 
Rain was vital to Israel's crops, and God had withheld the rain because his own people had turned from him, the true God, to serve other gods. In response to Elijah's prayer for this judgment drought, God had done what he promised, according to James 5 and 17. The drought lasted three years and six months. God had used Elijah to prove to Israel the fertility of serving Baal, the god of fertility and rain. In desperation, Ahab ordered Obadiah and managers of his household to join him in his search for water where grass might be growing to feed his horses and mules. It's in verse 5. Ahab was making a diligent effort to preserve the lives of his animals in the drought. Obadiah and Ahab went in opposite direction to survey the land for grass. That's in verse 6. The depths of the Ahab prophecy can be understood by the focus of his search for water. His desire to keep his livestock alive was humane, but the motive behind it was to keep horses alive to draw the chariots he had pledged to his allies who were fighting against Assyria. More importantly, his search for water was in the wrong place and directed toward the wrong source. His attitude demonstrated unrepentance, rebellion is against God. Unlike David, who repented when he was confronted with his sins, Ahab refused to repent. Ahab did not see himself as the cause of the drought, nor did he consider himself to have sinned against God. He was spiritually blind to the fact that the drought was a direct result of God's judgment. The hard consequences of the nation's spiritual rebellion for three and a half years, Baal had proven impotent and utterly incapable of bringing rain. King Ahab persisted in holding onto a broken cistern that would hold no water rather than repenting and turning back to God. Lest we are too quick to condemn Ahab's attitude, let us be reminded that we can be guilty of futility searching for solutions for self-induced troubles when all we need to do is knowledge our guilt, confess our sins, and turn back to God. How clear is that? We repeat, least we are too quick to condemn Ahab's attitude, let us be reminded that we can be guilty of futile searching for solution for self-induced troubles when all we need to do is acknowledge our guilt, confess our sins, and turn back to God. Here's an adult question for you. Why does it appear to be easier to use our own selfish means of solving self-generated spiritual challenges? Because we are sinners and we believe somehow we are right and when we are wrong. We do not have the spiritual insight of the Holy Spirit to do what is right. So we do what is wrong. Another question for you. Share a situation in which you initially did not recognize God's hand in a situation. What happened when you finally realized that God was at work? That is a personal question for you. I hope you understand it. What did you do when you realized it? When that situation, you didn't recognize God's hand in the situation. One thing to remember that God's hand is in all the affairs of men. And he is in the affairs of your life as well. 
Alright, let's go to Second First Kings, the 18th chapter, 7 through 14. As that Obadiah was in the way, behold, Elijah met him, and he knew him, and fell on his face, and said, Art thou that my Lord Elijah? And he answered and said, I am. Go tell the Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And he said, What what have I sinned, and that thou wouldest deliver thy servant into the hands of Ahab to slay me? As the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation or kingdom whether my Lord had not sent to seek thee. And when they said, He is not here, he took an oath of the kingdom and nation that they found thee not. And now thou sayest, Go tell thy Lord, Behold, Elijah is here. And it came to pass, as soon as I am gone from there, that the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee whether I know not. So when I come and tell Ahab he cannot find thee, he shall slay me. But I, thy servant, fear the Lord from my youth. Was it not told, my Lord, that I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord? How I hid a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifty in a cave, and fed them with bread and water. And now thou sayest, Go tell the Lord, Behold, Elijah is here, he shall slay me. Ahab trusted servant Obadiah ran into Elijah while on his errand for the king. That's in verse 7. Obadiah readily recognized Elijah's person and position. Obadiah could not hide his surprise at seeing Elijah, for he knew that Elijah was the missing prophet for whom Ahab had been searching for more than three years. Elijah directed Obadiah to return and inform Ahab that he was back. That's in verse 8. This was an unwelcome order for Obadiah. He was aware of Ahab's multiple searches among neighboring nations for the prophet and his hostile attitude toward them when Elijah was not found among them. That's in verses 9 and 10. Obadiah feared that when he went to inform the king as requested, Elijah would disappear again, and Ahab, believing Obadiah to be a liar, would likely have him executed. That's in verses 11 and 12. Fearing for his own safety, Obadiah pleaded with Elijah not to send him with any messages to the king, pointing out his dutiful commitment to God and his compassion for his prophets. And that, that's shown in verses 13 and 14. To set Obadiah's mind at ease, Elijah swore an oath in the name of the Lord of hosts that he would meet with Ahab. That's in verse 15. Reassured Obadiah, left to find the king, Elijah ordered to Obadiah challenge his faith and compelled him to publicly come out as a supporter of Elijah and God's way. In the past, Obadiah had been a secret or uh, undercover prophet. Look at that. Obadiah had been a secret or uh, undercover prophet. His plea to be excused from his this task was based on works and not faith. Based on works and not faith. God does reward works of righteousness, but they are not bargaining to exempt us from difficulty, tasks, or the circumstances of life. That is something you need to understand. Whenever you're wrong, and you do wrong, because when you do wrong, whether you acknowledge or not, God is going to pay duty for what you did. 
God is going to repay sin. Let's make sure of that and you understand that. His plea to be excused from his task was based on works and not faith. God does not reward works of righteousness. God does not reward works of righteousness. But they are not bargaining to exempt you from the difficult task of the circumstance of your life. You're going to go through something for sinning. You're going to go through something that's a price to be paid for sinning. All right. Let's look at a couple of questions. What do you think of Obadiah's reluctance to deliver Elijah's message? It was scared. Why do you think he recounted his commitment to God and compassion for God's prophet? He was hoping to save himself. It says here, his plea to excuse from the task was based on, on works, not faith. Obadiah hesitated in obeying Elijah. Discuss times when you have had to rely on faith to obey a difficult command from God. Those things are personal. How do you know what occurred? What was the situation? When you knew you had to do this, I had to do that, that it was the right thing to do. What did you do? What was the challenges? How did you face the challenge? Powerful question there. All right, our final commentary. This is First King, the 18th chapter, 15 through the 18th verse. And Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand, I will surely show myself unto him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. And it came to pass, when Ahab saw Elijah, and Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubled Israel? And he answered, Now he's, he's the king, and he's the one in charge, and, he's in, and here he's talking to Elijah, come out, Art thou he that troubled Israel? It's because what you have been doing, Ahab, that has troubled Israel. You have caused Israel to sin, but you don't see that. All you see is that Elijah is the one that has troubled Israel. He answered, I have not troubled Israel, but then, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. He puts it right back on the truth where it is. Ahab, I have not troubled Israel. You are the one that have troubled Israel. You have forsaken God, and you are following Balaam. You are the one that is troubling Israel, Ahab. Not I, Elijah. Oh, and the 18th verse, when we read it again in the new NIV, I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's command and have followed the Balaam. Ahab responds immediately to Elijah's request to meet him. He hurried to confront the prophet with an aggressive attitude of blame and sarcasm. Blame and sarcasm. Are you familiar with that? Who have you blamed? Who have you blamed? Have you been sarcastic to somebody when they confronted you about your right? Huh? Hmm? When Ahab saw Elijah, he referred to the prophets as the troubler of Israel. <laughs> you remember that in verse 17? <laughs> oh, 
and Ahab blamed the drought on Elijah instead of admitting that his promotion of idolatry in the land had prompted God to judge the nation with a drought. Elijah was afraid to meet Ahab and tell him the truth. Defiantly, Elijah cast the blame on the right source. The deplorable spiritual and economic conditions of Israel was the fault of Ahab and his father's house. They had forsaken God's commandment and adopted the practice of Baal worship. That's in verse 18 clearly. There is no record of Ahab's response to Elijah's defiant accusation. The confrontation paved the way for the real contest, God versus Baal. Those who stand against evil and confront it are branded bearers of bad news. God's word is often considered bad news to the sinner because it exposes and condemns evil choices. The world often rejects believers just as it rejects Christ. You can see this in John, the 15th chapter, in the 18th verse. Confronting evil must always be done according to God's method. Otherwise, the efforts may backfire. Those who confront others must not be argumentative and quarrelsome, but kind, patient, and gentle. See 2 Timothy 2, 24-26 verse. Let us repeat that final ultimate message from this those who confront others must be must not be argumentative and quarrelsome but kind patient and gentle and you can find that in 2nd Timothy the second chapter the 24th and the 26th verse 24th through 26th verse one thing again please follow the the scripture guidance and scriptures that are quoted here for your reference to follow through on and follow through on the word. Do not just take uh, the Sunday school teacher's word for what is being said as true. You go to God's word and prove God's word true by reading God's word from the Holy Bible. Now, a final adult question. How would you rate your church's boldness in biblically confronting sin? To your knowledge, does your church have policies governing the public a private discipline of leaders or members who commit known sin? I cannot say that there is a public public or private policy in regards to church members that commit sin. I pause and be silent when I read that. To your knowledge, does your church have policy governing the public or private discipline of leaders or members who commit known sins? All right, an adult question. Have there been times when your faith was, was privately or publicly tested? Briefly share your initial response. How has your faith been privately or publicly tested? You know the answer to that question. Life reflection. This re reflects on your own willingness to speak up and stand up with courage against those things that displease God in your community and congregation. Pray for God's strength to stand boldly even when other believers oppose you. The declining spiritual condition of Israel in Elijah's day prior parallels the spiritual conditions of our world in this generation. 
take a look around here in this country call of the U.S. of A. The Lord is looking for more Elijahs to have a true passion for helping backsliding people return to God. There are many times when God calls you to be the better bearer of bad news, speaking a necessity but unpleasant truth in love. If God calls you to deliver unpleasant news, do not be afraid. Just do it. If God calls you to be the bearer of bad news, don't shirk away from it. Just do it. Obadiah was working for an unbeliever. There will be times when you may find yourself employed or managed by an unbelieving employer or supervisor. Is it possible to maintain your faithfulness to God even when you feel that you are alone spiritually? Hold on to God's unchanging hand regardless of what the situation is. When you are faced to do a difficult task, just do it. God is with you in spite of what others may say or believe. Now, for next week's lesson, the lesson for Sunday, April the 4th, 2021, is Finding Hope in the Midst of Oppression. Finding Hope in the Midst of Oppression. The devotional reading will come from Philippians, the second chapter, verses 1 through 11. The background scripture is Isaiah, the 57th chapter. 52nd chapter, 13 through the 53rd verse. Uh, I'm sorry, Isaiah, the 57th chapter, 13 verse, the 53rd and the 12th chapter. 53rd and the 12th verse, rather. That's Isaiah, let me get it right. Isaiah, the 52nd chapter, and the 13th verse, the 53rd chapter, and the 12th verse, and Luke, the 24th chapter, verses 1 through 35. And the printed text is Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, verses 4 through 11. To make this as clear for those who that will be studying, do not have a Sunday school book or that's going to reference your Bible. The devotional reading will come from Philippians, the second chapter, verses 1 through 11. The background scripture will come from Isaiah, the 52nd chapter, and the 13th verse, the 53rd chapter, and the 12th verse, Luke, the 24th chapter, verses 1 through 35. And the printed text will come from Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, 4 through the 11th verse. Our closing prayer for today. Father, help us to follow Elijah's example of courage in standing for righteousness. Give us the wisdom to courageously confront sin, the humility to regard our own sins before we seek to correct others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What a powerful prayer. What a powerful prayer. On behalf of all of us here at Antioch, and the Alton Moon Baptist Church in Tone Spring, where I'm all our pastor, all of the deacons and all of us that worship with us and uh, are concerned for us and pray for us and all houses that are open in the name of the Lord. We thank you all. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the wisdom and the knowledge that I has imparted in this lesson. Thank you, Jesus, for the courage to stand and speak, uh, sit and speak and record your message. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that strength. Thank you. Thank you. Thank 
you. We will see y'all next time for the April the 4th lesson on the 20th of uh, 2021. God bless you. Take care now.